0: This episode of Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music is sponsored by Lake of Bay's Brewing Company. Do you know which joke I'm going to boast um, during this entire podcast? No. Vetter, I hardly oh. even know her. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music. Today we are talking about Into the Wild, music for the motion picture by Eddie Vetter, released in 2007 under J Records, and my guest is Carrie. Hey, Carrie back-to-back episodes. Long time. No, see you were just here. I know new pod. Same girl, new pod. Same girl. How does it feel to be the first back-to-back
1: guest on Kiara gets drunk? Tell me honestly, uh, very honored and excited. And, uh, I, I pity the listener.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I definitely do not pity our listeners. I love having you on the pod and I'm so happy you're able to come back and join us so soon. And, I couldn't really have anybody else on this episode except for you because you gave me the idea for this episode. And just just so the, the listeners are aware, um, usually I'm pretty good at picking out a cocktail or a beer for us to tie to a particular record. But uh, this one had me stumped. We partnered with our friends at Lake of Bays to uh, use their hazy pale ale, their off the grid hazy pale ale for today. And I was like, man what are we going to talk about? And Carrie, it was your idea to talk about into the wild. So where did, how did you think of that? Did that literally just hit
1: you? Uh, yeah, it was, it was one of those like, cause we had talked about it a week prior and I was like, Oh, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. And then nothing came to mind. And then we had like, just like a lady date chat and for whatever reason, it popped into my mind. And, uh, I was like, ding, this is the, this is the album for you.
0: It truly is. Honestly, like I am, I'm so excited to talk about the album with you today. Thank you again for coming back for agreeing to coming back so soon. It's always such a pleasure. And I know our listeners are very excited to
1: hear your voice. all 12 yes. of them. I'll be, I'll be, <laughs> oh, <thank> you. <laughs> uh, I will be substantially less drunk in this episode, I think so. Don't make promises
0: you can't keep. Now, before we get into talking about the album, Care, what do you say we give the listeners a bit of background on the movie Into the Wild and the soundtrack by Eddie Vedder? Do it. Into the Wild is the adventure drama movie adaptation of John Krakauer's book of the same name, chronicling the true story of Christopher McCandless, who later adopts the name Alexander Supertramp. Great name. Fantastic name. Fabulous name. A young man who chooses to leave behind his structured, privileged life in Virginia and a strained relationship with his parents to go off the grid, traveling across North America and eventually reaching and living off the land in the Alaskan wilderness. What started out as an essay from Krakauer grew into a national bestseller and was adapted into a major motion picture by director Sean Penn, starring Emile Hirsch as McCandless and co-starring Marsha Gay Harden, William Hurt, Jenna Malone, Hal Holbrook, and Vince Vaughn. When it came to the official soundtrack, Penn handpicked Eddie Vedder as the man for the job, having previously worked with him to record songs for *Dead Man Walking* and *I Am Sam*, which
1: I didn't realize. Two two big films, big films for Sean yeah. Penn. I didn't I didn't realize he did music for either of them. And *Dead Man Walking* is like, dude, I, I watched that, that in time, grade. That is a phenomenal movie. I watched that in grade
0: eleven religion class. *Dead Man Walking*.
1: Yeah. Oh, oh, that's a heavy. That was a heavy day. Yeah. We were all I, kind I of like it. oh, yeah. It's that's a that's a deep one. I when I was doing like religious education, like like getting my additional qualification as like an adult, we watched it, and I remember just being like, as an adult, it's heavy. And like yeah. Susan Brandon, and like oh, Susan Sarandon. But great. it is phenomenal. Good, phenomenal. It is a movie. really good film. I think Better did like uh like a couple songs.
0: He didn't do the whole soundtrack yeah. for them, obviously, but he did a couple songs. Which I which I did not realize. So fun fact. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Vedder is, of course, an American musician and singer-songwriter who is most well-known for fronting the highly successful rock band Pearl Jam, the soundtrack yeah. for Yeah, Pearl Jam, the soundtrack for Into the Wild is Vetter's first solo effort. After viewing a rough cut of the film, he wrote several songs and continued to partner with Sean Penn as the movie was edited to add more songs as needed. However, the big singles off the album were Hard Sun and Guaranteed. The film and the soundtrack were well received by critics. The movie grossed nearly $60 million worldwide and received nominations for Best Editing and Best Supporting Actor for Hal Holbrook at the Academy Awards. Hal Holbrook plays Mr. Franz.
1: I love Hal Holbrook. I know. When like, he cries, oh my God. It, breaks oh. it breaks your heart. Oh, breaks your heart. That movie gets you. That, another one in stays the, with you. Oh, uh, Sean Penn, it's just like right in the heart,
0: right in the, the feels. feels.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, furthermore, uh, Eddie Vedder also won the Golden Globe for his best original song, "Guaranteed," and the album was ranked number twenty on Consequence of Sound's top twenty rock and roll solo albums. Big That's movie, cool. big album, big. Songwriter, singer Eddie Vedder, one of the most popular rock stars in the entire world, helped yeah. develop. He helped develop the grunge scene. I'd say yes, back in the old Seattle, Seattle nineties rock scene. So he's a legend, oh, and yeah, uh, yeah. It, I think it was like an interesting
1: choice for him to pair up with somebody like Sean Penn. But it, yeah. hey, it worked. And it's also something different, right? Like yeah, when you when you know like Pearl Jam, and this album, like very, very different feel, but like you still get the same, the same better lyricism. It's still Eddie. Wonderful. It's fantastic. Eddie's yeah. just going to be Eddie. Absolutely. Yeah. So now we're going to move on. What are you laughing at? I just like Eddie's going to be Eddie. He's going to be Eddie. Eddie damn, damn right he is. Is. <laughs> He's the only Eddie he knows how to be.
0: Today's episode is sponsored by the good folks at Lake of Bays Brewing Company. Lake of Bays Brewing Company has celebrated 10 years in the Ontario craft beer scene located in beautiful Baysville, Ontario. They offer an amazing assortment of beer from IPAs and lagers to stouts and sours. And in 2018, they opened their Huntsville brew house where they offer locally sourced menu items paired with exclusive brews. Ooh, la la. Ooh. And they have since opened a third location in Bracebridge, Ontario. Since we're talking into the wild today, there is truly no better beer to pay tribute to the journey of Christopher McCandless than Lake of Bay's off the grid, hazy pale ale. Off the Grade is an unfiltered brew packed with fruity goodness, courtesy of aromas of tangerine and a blend of fresh Ontario peaches and mango that finishes with an earthy, dry taste. You can find Off the Grade and other great selections from Lake of Bays at their Baysville, Huntsville, and Bracebridge locations, as well as at the beer store and LCBO and online at www.lakeofbaysbrewing.ca. Remember, shop local and stay safe. Okay, Carrie, so Into the Wild. This movie came out 2007-ish. Starring the yep. adorable Emil Hirsch. Oh my God, be still my heart. I know, I know. What happened to Emil Hirsch, man? Where, where did he go? What What is he doing? I right don't
1: know. Now? I think he's doing stuff. I think he's got things coming out. So love with it. the
0: movie, with the soundtrack, what's your relationship look like with uh, with the film and the album?
1: So uh, it's a very beautiful album. I love it, and I actually came across it before I watched the movie. Oh, and, oh. yeah. I think the soundtrack came out in, like, September 2007. Like, I remember it being, like, early third year. And then I listened to it here and there during the year, but then, like, really the summer between third and fourth year, like, I got super into it. It was, uh, a, like, going to cottages. I was off to, like, lakes. So it was kind of, like, very free and wild. And I was like, yes, this is on every mixtape. But I hadn't really watched the movie. And I'd worked at chapters, so I saw the book, with the original title or not original title, the original cover, which was like black and white. It's really nice. If you look at it, it's very alluring. Um, And then I also saw transition into the like made for movie poster, but um, I'm not a big, like I'm a big reader. Like people who know me know I have a library in my childhood bedroom. I've seen it. There are witnesses. (laughs) It's it's expansive, but I'm not big on like, and maybe it's not I, I never really exposed myself to a lot of memoirs. So it was always in like the life and memoir and like sporting section. And I'd always see, and I'd be like, this looks interesting, but I like to live in a world that isn't real. And <laughs> um, so I, so I never really picked it up. And then uh, I didn't watch the movie until 2010, 2011. Okay. I was in Sweden and I was on a road trip across Sweden, sleeping in cars off the side of the road (laughs) um, eating like just wherever seemed nice and pretty next to Lake. So like I ended up watching it at that point and the movie is beautiful, but it puts the album in and of itself is gorgeous. You put that album paired with the film and it is like next level. It It is like a ton of bricks. Yeah. It's a completely different, it's a completely different soundtrack. If you don't if you don't know the context of the film, when you listen to the music, it, it, it gains so much more from the atmosphere. It it helps to like set off. It's great. It's, it's beautiful. So that's, that's how I first got exposed to the movie and the story. And then I really kicked myself for not listening to it or watching it earlier. Have you yeah. read the book since? Not yet. I, I think the thing is, is I saw the movie and <laughs> now I'm you're like, like well, I don't partly but also I don't know if I could do it like that movie wrecked me and stop the podcast (laughs) if you haven't watched it watch the movie right now (laughs) um but I mean I don't I don't know how much we're gonna spoil alert maybe put in some siren sounds block me out but it's like it was a movie that stayed with me for days and I have not it is not a movie I will watch regularly you can't. you can't you can't watch it regularly no no it I it's literally the the last time I had seen it as opposed to like a couple weekends ago when I rewatched it for the pod was in Sweden because it mm. stayed with me I never forgot it I yeah. remember everything you know the ending like the buildup. It. it just but that one sat with me for days yeah and days and just like I couldn't stop thinking about it so I don't, I don't know if I have the heart to read the book.
0: That's totally fair. It's hundred percent fair. Um, my, my relationship with it looks a little bit different. I had only listened to the, this is, this is very different for the podcast, by the way, I must, I must say, because typically on the podcast we come in and, um, I at least have some relationship with the album or the artist in general. And I have a pretty basic understanding I'd say of the songs, if not all of the songs that are on the record. Um, and because this was one that you helped, you you inspired me to pick this particular soundtrack for today's episode. So I had never seen the film, heard about it, but never seen it. Didn't know what it was about. Didn't know what happened. I was like, cool, guy lives in Alaska and a bus. That was all I knew. And then uh, the soundtrack, didn't know Eddie Vedder was recruited to write any of the music. So I was really going in with a very open mind, which I thought was great. Um, but it also made it that much more impactful for me because I almost like, Underestimated how much it was going to affect me, both the soundtrack and the film. I feel like the the, the premise again, as I, as I mentioned in the opening, is someone who leaves their life behind to kind of adopt this like nomadic vagabond ish lifestyle. No possessions, no like steady job. It's just like living off the land, going from place to place, like meeting people, making friends, making connections. You know, not really having a cell phone or a watch or anything, and just like letting your, like truly letting whatever paths in front of you guide you on your way.
1: Yeah, Um, It's a full like search for self through like letting, like, I think there's a line in one of the songs. I can't remember it. Like, like letting like the magnetic pull of whatever guides you guide you. Right. Like it's literally being like, like, let nature take you where you need to be and trust in the process. Like he trusts it from start to finish. And I mean, it it is a tale. (laughs) It's that everyone needs to listen to read, watch, audiobook. I don't care like whatever way you do the whole it venue, but it's it's beautiful.
0: Well, and and I think too, like, as I was, you know, first watching the film, so I, I listened to the soundtrack before I watched the film and I, and I love the soundtrack. I was like, this is gonna be great to to talk about on the pod, but I've got to watch the movie because I got to know the context of some of these songs. And at the beginning of the movie, before you get into some of the heavier topics and, and the reasoning behind why Christopher McCandless decided to leave his, his life in Virginia, it's almost like very romantic. Like it's very like, oh, like now I kind of want to just like sell everything I have and give my money to charity and like just fuck off and and do whatever I want and not be like responsible for anything and literally just live off the land. But it's obviously not all sunshine and rainbows, right? Like you learn very quickly. It's a fairly long film, but you learn fairly quickly, like the trials and tribulations of adopting that kind of lifestyle as much as there are benefits. Like he he goes through a lot of shit (laughs) physically, um, emotionally,
1: literally, literally. (laughs)
0: Um, something I really appreciated though about the movie was there's this great like juxtaposition and and I'm sure it was intended. I know I'm not deep enough to just like pick this out, but this, this don't underestimate
1: yourself. (laughs)
0: There's this juxtaposition I found between like your given family and your chosen family. So for Christopher McCandless or Alexander Supertramp, as he, as he calls himself in the film, like you see, he's leaving behind a very toxic family. It was a, it was a toxic environment for him and his sister. He had abusive parents. He himself was not necessarily born out of
1: wedlock. He was, he was born out of wedlock. Cause like his mom was essentially like the other woman. Yes. And while they were together, he finds out like, his dad, even though after he was born, had a son with another family that, or like with his previous wife that he was still married to. Like there's so much like turmoil. Yeah. And like like a lot of everything he knew about his life wasn't like, wasn't what it seemed. And how do you grapple with like your sense of who you thought you were, the sense of the life you thought you had to then be like, well, what the fuck is the purpose of this life? Like, what is this? Exactly. I'm going to find
0: myself. I'm going to go find myself. Exactly. But then it's funny because so you have all of that and you start to unpack all of that and the effect that that had had on him when he was a kid and his sister growing up. And then you have like his chosen family who end up becoming characters like Vince Vaughn, um, Hal Holbrook's character, Mr. Franz. Mr. Um, Franz. Kristen Stewart makes an appearance in the film. Oh God, no.
1: (laughs) Okay, I... (sighs) That is... Okay, the the one thing I fucking hate uh, and I don't know if they were like Twilight came out and they were like let's book Kristen but like dear god help me she was horrific dear god I can't sorry safe to say that like you're not a fan of Kristen Stewart safe to say you, she's like my favorite actress <laughs> I know man like just every was, like that was the one part of the movie that I cringe and I'm like Emily yeah. She's that's, there's a, there's a reason like they put her on the posters. I think to be like, let's get the twilight kids in. Yeah. Get, the get 12 their old money. girls like, in here. Yeah. But it's going to be like 10 minutes max. Yeah. And it was brief, but even despite all that, even despite all that, yes. he
0: meets all these like secondary characters who yes. end up becoming his family. He even like goes back to visit, you know, Catherine Keener. And I can't remember who plays her husband in that, but, um, oh, yeah whatever that guy's name is. And he like ends up going back and Rain. visiting them on his show, ch- Yeah. Like yeah. he, he, it's someone he does go back to and he develops these amazing relationships with, even yeah. though they're not like people, a family he was born into. Right. It just happened yeah. to be him finding himself. And on the journey of him finding himself, he happened to also find other
1: people. Yeah. It's definitely like you see the impact he has on other people, but then like people that to be quite honest, like I mean, other than his friends, who's like sweet old man. Um, but like, for the most part, the people he does end up like making connections with, there's like, um, I don't, I, I think they're from, I think they might be Copenhagen, like Denmark. Is that? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the couple who's like, the girl who's topless. she's like, just like topless the whole time. Be like, you we're going to have fun right now. We want a <laughs> hot dog. And I'm like, bitch, I'm hungry. I'll eat a hot dog. Never have to ask me twice, but I mean, <laughs> like legitimately, like you've got like that couple who are just like smoking a doobie and eating their hot dogs and like whitewater rafting. And then you've got Vince Vaughn who ends up in jail a little bit. And yeah. then you've got a like- A little bit. He p- definitely goes to jail. <laughs> I mean, it's like spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler alert.
0: But this movie's been out for 14 years. You have no
1: fucking- Yeah, I, we're going to spoil shit. Like I'm going to say the ending at some point so like- Listener beware, you're in for a scare. Genuinely, like, he, he's meeting people who, like, society wouldn't necessarily look the kindest upon. Like, right. vagabonds, like, doing this, Maybe. breaking the law. Like, yeah, just, like, that kind of lifestyle. And that's kind of where he finds acceptance and you really see the love and the kindness, right? its It's kind of exposing that world that doesn't fit in the box that society dictates as proper and, like, successful. And yet those are the connections that mean the most. And, like, and his sister. Like, his sister is someone he's very close to, and I think there's a reason he doesn't reach out to her, which we can talk about later. But, like, there's... He makes that family with the world around him who accept him for who he is and not the potential he may inflict in society. Inflict is the wrong word. Impact or, like, have... That made sense to me. You know what I mean. You're good. You're good girl.
0: I do have to say too, just tying it back to the, the actual soundtrack, like Mm -hmm. it complements the movie in such a perfect way. And I find rarely do soundtracks like take me out of the movie. You know, if you're thinking about, you know, we've done, um, on the podcast, we've done like the La La Land soundtrack before. Mm -hmm. And those songs were very clearly written for a movie to be used in a musical format. Right. But then we've done a movie like Shrek on the podcast, which is just supplementing the movie a plus, A plus soundtrack. It's honestly. a it's a fantastic
1: pod episode, I must say. Thank you. Ethan. <laughs> the king I, of I've impression. never L O L'd so much in my life. It was great. I love that kid so much. <laughs> um,
0: but with with the movie and with a soundtrack like this, what I also really liked is, you know, I with COVID and everything and, and working from home, we're cooped up all day. So I would be listening to this soundtrack on my walks. So I usually try and get out for a walk after work or during lunch or whatever it is that I'm doing. And like I found myself so taken like taken to another place when I was listening to Eddie Vedder and like the lyrics and just like walking down by the water and feeling so like, it sounds really cheesy, but honestly feeling so like at peace. Listening, yeah, It's to very music. freeing. Very it's a
1: freeing. freeing soundtrack.
0: And it, but I, but yeah. I wasn't necessarily like tying it back to Emile Hirsch or, or anything in the movie. Like I was listening to it in a silo, like independent of the film, which I think just proves how strong it is as a soundtrack and how, talented someone like Eddie Vedder is and how he was like the perfect choice to write this
1: agreed like and that's the thing like that's why I say it's such a beautiful album like in and of itself it can be a solo piece it doesn't rely on the film to make it but I think what's so powerful about it is and what I actually really love about it as a like as a soundtrack like there are other songs in it I think there's like they have a few like other songs that make appearances but yeah. What I love so much about having a single singer songwriter throughout the piece is it adds a narrative. Like I view the music in the context of the film as like Christopher's internal narrative, like throughout right. it. Right. Like the wolf song, which is like beautiful is like him, like in his lone wolf and his like call to the wild is calling back to him. Like, and a lot of those scenes where Vetter's music is featured, there's, there's no one, but, but emile Hirsch, like it's yeah. just Chris solo. alone, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You need something that's gonna make those solo scenes also meaningful because, like, like you said, like the opening of that film is, I think, like, I would say easily like five minutes, yeah, of just him alone. That's when he hits like, the last no dialogue, star, right? yeah, like yeah. he walks in, you see him like. Walking through things, he's on the bus, like get back in the car. Like he's he's alone and interacting and like just being himself, walking through trees, seeing nature, like without the right music to to kind of like bring you into it, it would be like a little boring. Like it's like, oh wow, it's beautiful. But five minutes you'd be like, is it starting yet? But somehow it just like as it builds throughout, it just like tells his story more and more. And I don't know if you could have got that with someone else. Like, I'm sure there are tons of talented singer songwriters out there, but like, there's something just so perfect yes. about the choice of having Vetter do do the music. Like, the story in and of itself is something that calls to everyone, and like we have those questions and that need to find ourselves like within each of us. Yeah, and I think Eddie Vetter very likely felt or admired or like really connected with the story of the scenes he saw yes to be able to like write them so eloquently to like the the musicality of it but then also like just like really embody the spirit of Chris, because that's what I think it is it feels like a tribute to a young man yeah it's just beautiful and if I talk too much more I'm going to start crying because like (laughs) uh, you don't even know what I was like at the end you ready for your, your laugh break yes
0: Vetter, I hardly even know her <laughs> <laughs> Carrie, I'm gonna get you to start us off today. We're gonna to talk about uh,
1: some of the songs on the record. Where do you want to, where do you want to start? Where are we gonna go first? So I think as we travel deep into the wild, I think we need to leave the modern society far behind and talk about Barbie far behind behind. 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 it's so good so I mean my drums are not accurate but it's, it's such a super upbeat song so this is actually one of the songs this and ceiling would almost always appear on um my road trip playlist love it I was made like mixed cds for the car rides um did you bring them when I was like back your, to- your toyota pull- hatchback Hoya, oh, yeah, oh yeah, she was in the hatchback. We were going far in that hatchback, right into the wild. I actually got my car stuck in the Quebec wilderness in the snow. The Quebec? Wait, what's the Quebec wilderness? I mean, it's like when you go into the deep like wooded, I don't fucking know. It was for my cousin's bachelorette in the middle of February, and I had to pick up her friend and drive to like middle of fucking nowhere, Quebec wilderness. And my car got stuck in the snow and she was a pregnant lady. And I was like, well, you can't push the car. Can you drive standard? No. Excellent. Okay. So I'm going to try to teach you to like drive standard with the car neutral while I push us up a hill and there's a cliff off the side. And this song, like this was on the album. So it's like also like tied into it, but I mean, like we almost died. And I, was like, and I know that I'm not that's a very a pregnant woman. I commend your commitment to
0: uh, getting your car unstuck, but I also just imagine you just like getting stuck and stepping out of your car and it's just like poutine,
1: tires jammed, <laughs> just in poutine. stuck in cheese curd. It's like, it's okay, I'll eat my way out. Like, I stuck the- It's like, I've been training my whole life for this moment. <laughs> for this moment. Um, oh, but anyway, back. far behind. Yeah, far, far behind. behind. So I love the song. It's super upbeat. Um to me, it's very much like a driving song, but I think in a lot of ways it's like driving us forward, right? It's driving us forward into our journey and um, yeah, I know. So <laughs> i that's, that's why I'm here, right? I'm not drunk enough. I can still make those like connections. Um But it really is. It's, like, very freeing. But I find something about this song. Like, a lot of it's, like, very folksy. But this has... It's still folksy in nature. But it almost feels more rebellious on the album. Yes. Like, it has, like, a bit more of that carefree, like, I'm going to fucking do this. I'm going away. And I just love it. Like, it's a very fun song. And I mean, like, surface level, you're leaving the world behind that you know. Like, you're embarking on a, a journey. But I think more than that, you're also leaving yourself behind. Like, you're leaving... The thought of everything you identified with, the world you grew up in, who you were, and moving forward. And I think, like, makes me think of Carl Jung, the (laughs) psychologist. There's always an educational component to when (laughs) Carrie comes on the podcast. It's like... Are you ready, kids? Get your PowerPoints out. PowerPoint, PowerPoint, PowerPoint. Um, no, but like, it, it makes me very like, it, it's very reminiscent to me. Like I identify with like Carl Jung's archetypes and like his idea of like the conscious and the collective unconscious. And I mean, I think it ties in with the first line, take leave the conscious mind. It's almost as if he plays it. as if he did it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Intentionally. Better, I hardly knew her. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, and I don't know, Kiara, if you know Carl Jung, no, I'm, please I please It's been a so while for, was, since grade 12 English for me. He was he was a psychologist and he actually was like, um, like Freud was a bit of a mentor, but like they took their leaves. He was like, nah, man, I'm not entirely down with your ideas. And so he was very much in like this idea of um, interpreting dreams and like what they say about us. And as people, he didn't really believe in that, like, tabula rasa, like, like, blank slate, like, we're all kind of a product of something else, like, so the collective unconscious, in a lot of ways, is, like, mental patterns, or, like, memory traces, things that are basically shared within, like, kind of, like, humanity, and, like, the humans you grow up with, the culture you embed yourself in, your experience, and that creates, yeah, exactly, and, like, I mean, if you think about it, like, when you're born, like, the sex you are born with is, like, people will identify you as, like, male or female, just by, like yourself organs so organs right like you're going to be pink or you're going to be blue and like you start to get coupled into what you can do and what you can't do so like like those experiences kind of like impact who you are so he has this whole theory on um archetypes and like two of the ones that come to mind especially in relation to this are the persona which is kind of the mask we wear to society Okay. Within our collective unconscious, and then the shadow. Oh, he leaves far behind. It comes with <laughs> him, right? That's us. Like got the connections, but the shadow is essentially kind of like Freud's id. It's like our wants, our desires, um, like our needs. It's like base, but it also is very much um, kind of like the things that they're like socially unacceptable, right? Greed, lust desire rage anger we will often not identify as greedy because we are we don't want to be as identified as greedy or like whatever we're just ambitious right Oh, so, I so but that's kind of the thing so as you're going through the whole point of what Jung was going on about was in order to really understand who you are you kind of have to take a deep dive like analyze your dreams to understand your collective unconscious what is driving you what makes you up and unlike a lot of like psychological theories towards self-enlightenment, when you like kind of like go up a tier and once you hit the top, you're gold. Like he's like, you'll always keep learning new things about yourself. It's very cyclical. So you learn one new thing and then something else can pop up later, but you, you face those things. And I think very much within this, he's he's learning who he is and he's learning what's holding him back, what his fears are, wanting to recognize like. I, I've got the degree now, I've like done what my parents said, but I can't seem to like break free of what's keeping me back what's not making me happy. Mm-hmm. And as he kind of goes through the journey right he's like his shadow kind of keeps along with him like which could be doubt which could be like, when he's in the scene in LA. And he's like walking through and he's back. He sees himself being like at a bar. Yes. Talking to a woman in a suit. Like those kind of ideas. regret and fear. Yeah. Right? His fear comes in and it's like, I could be there. As you go through the song, like that, that concept stays with him until the very end when you get to the bridge where it's, it's kind of a calmer sense of like the music, the music goes from that like driven careless, recklessness, like rebellious stage to kind of more of that, like, just like at peace. If you've seen the movie, like the connection starts to like appear and it's just, I don't know. I, f- I fucking love it. It's great. It's a great song. It is it's a great, great song.
0: It, I, I really like that you started with this one. Cause I think it does. I agree with you. It, it totally captures this entire journey of self-discovery that Christ- Christopher yeah. decides to take himself on. And I feel like you captured everything so beautifully as well in your analysis. So I don't have too much more to add, but the only thing that I wanted to mention was um there was a particular lyric that stuck out in my mind where he says, empty pockets will allow a greater sense of wealth. Why contain yourself like any other book on a shelf? And what I, I really that. like about that line is because you learn that Christopher is like yourself. He's an avid reader. He has his books with him. Like he's got, you know, this giant rucksack and he keeps food and essentials, but he also has his collection of books. And you see, even when he gets to Alaska, which they kind of revisit throughout the film, his end point, his goal, he's still reading his books. He's still making notes. He's still you know, kind of like talking things out loud, even though he's by himself. It's kind of nice to compare this idea of containment to just a book sitting on the shelf, never being read. It's almost like he was living that life of a book on the shelf and now he's free.
1: And I think that's the thing, right? It's like, he's been living a life with a story untold. Right. And I like that he also brings in the connection because I think John Krakauer, when he was compiling his essay, like Chris actually wrote, like, the notes he writes in the books is, like, his story, his messages, his, like, notes to his family. Yeah, so that's where they got a lot of those things, too. Like, he's making the sign, like, they took everything they could, which is, like, what's so powerful. It's, like, even the books that are left on a shelf, like... He took them with him. He buried them and came back for them. I was like, when he buried the books the first time, I was like, buddy, what are you doing? No, but it's like, he's telling his own story through the words and through the pages of like the greats before him. Great, great tune.
0: Uh, Thank you for starting us off on such a good note, Care. As you always do. I'm going to go, I'm going to go next. Yes, I mean, you should. I mean, I should. It's only you and me here. So it's (laughs) only fair that it's my turn now. Yeah. So I want to talk about the song Society first. That was next on my list? Oh, look at that. Hive Mind. Um, The reason I love Society so much is because my favorite scene in the movie, first of all, Vince Vaughn, I love. I'm obsessed with him. I think he's so funny and just like such like blue collar cool guy, but he can do like, what is it? Boogie Nights? What movie was he in? Boogie Nights, right? Boogie... What was the one with John Favreau? Is that Boogie Nights? Swingers? Maybe it was Swingers that I'm thinking of. So Vince Vaughn, you know him from Swingers. Um, anyways, I love Vince Vaughn as an actor, as a character in the film. He's
1: like a, uh, what is he? What does he harvest? Corn? What's this thing? Is no, I, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure he is harvesting wheat. And I think you see the wheat berries. Oh, All I thought it was beaten. corn.
0: But that makes sense. You wouldn't, no, it's you definitely wouldn't, you wheat. You wouldn't use a
1: machine to... <laughs> No, they're, they're, I mean, can you tell Girl, a little white you color lived in lifestyle? a white um, I don't know how corn is harvested. <laughs> wheat.
0: Wheat. He's a wheat farmer. But anyways, yeah. besides the point, Vince Vaughn, great casting for this. Uh, Emile Hirsch, Christopher McCandless ends up working for him for a little bit. And then there's a night where they're out at a bar. And, uh, you know, Emile Hirsch is saying to Vince Vaughn, he's like, I, you know, I'm going to Alaska. Vince Vaughn's like, why the fuck would you want to go to Alaska? What what are you going to do there? What's going on? What's happening? And he's like um, talking about how he wants to go and get away from the society. And they have this big like not like a shouting match, in, but
1: they're both no. like society, like society. They're drunk in they're a bar. Drunk. It's like just a small town. Yes. It's so good. Society. Society. And Zach, Zach Galifianakis. Galifianakis shows up.
0: But it was, it was this great, yeah. like it gave a little
1: bit more background
0: on yeah. Christopher McCandless because he says, yeah. I. Uh, he says, maybe when I'm back, I can write a book about my travels, about getting out of this sick society. I don't understand why everyone is so bad to each other so fucking often. Yeah. And so, it's like, and then, so then when the song, I think I hear society and I think of the whole like society thing. And it's so true, you know, like it's very easy to get sick of the world that we live in sometimes Mm -hmm. and truly how poorly people can treat each other on a daily basis. And if you're watching the film, this song doesn't appear at that point. It comes at a very low point for Chris McCandless because he was living on a a railway car for a little while. And then he gets shit beat out of him for living on the rail car by a cop or some sort of
1: it yeah i don't know they I never really explained it no but that lawman was gonna kill him again he so. was gonna kill
0: him again if he found him on the rail car so yeah, uh, it's it was, a low point for yeah. chris and this song it plays very like weary very um especially like compared to something like far behind which we literally just talked about very different song it's very somber yeah. but the main point of the song is like um i hope like society i hope you're not lonely without me so yeah. you know as a listener i'm like well the person in question has already identified that they don't want to be a part of the society anymore and you know you're you're never big enough to make an impact where society is going to miss you but it's also yeah. kind of like that like fuck you it's like i know you're not going to miss me society i'm not going to miss you either so like
1: get the heck out of my way basically it's definitely like you could take it as like are you going to miss me but like 100% i wrote Ironic because society does not give a fuck. And they will replace you with someone else.
0: 100%. 100%. I do like how he mentioned, I think he said something about like, he's like, yeah, I'm going, I'm going to Alaska. No fucking maps. No fucking watches. Like, again, it goes back to this idea yeah. of possession because as a society, we have become, I, I know I've become obsessed yeah. with the idea of material things. It's how we measure our wealth. It's how we measure our success, how yeah. people are going to view us, your, your clothes, the car you drive, the electronics you have, like, it's all part of this identity that we present to the world, right? This persona that we yeah. present to the world. So I think it's a beautifully written song yeah. used in the film in a very smart way. And also it's just very memorable for me because of that scene with
1: Vince Vaughn, which I love. Yeah, it's fantastic. And like to kind of like piggy uh, piggyback off what you were saying too, is like, we do identify ourselves by our possessions, right? Like, I mean, fuck, look at social media. It's just like a way yeah. to like jerk show everything off to off. your own, like <laughs> goodness right like I don't fucking know like it's never a real story but that's what we compare ourselves to and like you measure up whether you live a happy life or not but I do also think on some level and I mean Chris McCandless went on his journey in like the early 2000s right uh 90s? I think it might have been the 90s by the 90s I think the 90s right so yeah. like he also didn't have technology to the same extent we do very good point but I but I think it's like we are at a, we are at a point now where like I like not just me, but I will use me as an, I am fucked if I don't have a phone near me. Not because I'm on it all the time. People who know me is like, will she respond to me today? (laughs) Who knows? She hates her phone. But if I am lost, I a hundred percent cannot find my way home. I am fucked. I don't, I don't know people's phone numbers anymore. Like I, I barely remember my cell phone number. I remember my childhood landline number. Like that I could, I think God, my parents will never get rid of their landline because God forbid something happens. I could be like, here's my number. Call them on their home phone. You can call me on my home phone.
0: Oh, (laughs) fun fact, fun preamble for episode 38. We're doing great
1: folks. Yeah. But there's a thing, right? Like, it's like, I don't know how to get places if I don't have my phone off the grid. I would die. Like if this was a hunger game situation, I'd be like, you know what? I volunteer to go first because- I don't want to waste You're any of like, this time here. District I don't one, need just th- kill me. Just get it over with. Yeah. I'd just be like, just make it quick and sh- like fast and sweet, please. Cause like, ain't nobody got time to run in these woods. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not Candace Everdeen. I'm like, I'll die before I get to the cornucopia. I'm done. I'm good. We're reliant on things too. Like it's, and I think that in a way has crippled us because like, God forbid shit happens. Oh, we're screwed. If, if we're all, all screwed. of the technology went down, like we could not hunt for food. We like, God damn it. A pandemic happened and everyone stole the fucking toilet paper. Yeah. (laughs) Like we can't even be, we can't even be locked in our houses. With our Without shitheading the fan. Let me out of the pandemic. Let me out of the box. Oh my God. What's in the box? I'm in a glass case of emotion. (laughs) What's,
0: oh yeah. I was like, okay, sorry. I was thinking something else. You were thinking seven and I went anchorman.
1: Two totally. No, but I love it. I love, no, but you know what? different but the same
0: but the same 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 but different it's your turn again carrie where are you gonna take oh. us next on this journey into the wild
1: let's go to guaranteed because i think we're guaranteed Ooh. to have a good time oh guaranteed it. tell me more i no, know come up and see me sometime <laughs> after your covid test <laughs> Wear a mask and wash your hands, bitches. Um, uh, guaranteed. It's a beautiful song. It's what he was nominated and won his Golden Globe for. It's, uh, or it was the nominated. the original
0: song. Yes, 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 yes. But, but
1: it was this one, yeah? It was this one indeed. Guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed. It's, you heard it here. I don't know. Now it's just voices. <laughs> <laughs> so I love this song. Um, I think it's very beautiful. It's very free. If we just talk about the musicality for a section, oh, it's very beautiful in the sense that like a lot of songs like... Um, there's a lot of finger picking throughout the album. Yes. Um, but things like far behind is much more like they're strumming. So it's like driving it. Whereas this has a lot of like the finger pick. But I think what it does with the finger picking is it's not, it almost feels more free because it's not bound to the chord. If that makes sense, right? Like it's floaty. It it almost in a way, what I like about this kind of reminds me almost like a bird. Like it's, oh, okay. it's kind of and it's chirpy. Like it yeah, feels yeah, tricky yeah. to me, I feel that, which yeah. I think kind of like symbolizes that freedom of like floating above, flying outside of it, getting to kind of leave the ground and yeah. gain perspective. He's looking back and understands like on bended knee is no way to be free. Like I can't be bound and weighed down to um, the pressure and needs of society. So yeah. he lifts up his empty cup, right? Like he's giving everything up and he knows that like, I'm going to find people who will accept me. I ask these things and he does, he finds the people on the road that accept him. And he, he recognizes the circles that grow and swallow you whole. That could be like your family, that could be your friends, that could be your social circle. Like you tend to not stray from the path you've set on, which is why like being so off the grid is important is he's, he's letting, he's letting go of the road underneath him. And like, just like taking life as he may. And it's kind of like that, like I've got a mindful of questions and the teacher is my soul. Like I know internally what is going to be needed. And he's kind of like passing on those words of wisdom, which I love. Um, and then the line that like really drives me is everyone I come across in cages, they bought, they think of me and I wandering, but I'm never what they thought. And like we do, we literally, we put ourselves, like we set ourselves up with these lives. We go yeah. to school, we buy our education yeah, to then maybe do the career we signed up for, but to I get mean, a job to pay back the money we gave away for education. To then have them ask us for more monies. You, have you ever? You, oh, you want? It's a John Mulaney skin. I was going to what I'm thinking. It's he's like, but I don't go there. No, like, no, I'm not paying you any more money. Like, I'm I paid you hundred twenty thousand dollars. Like I think i already, already like, so good. The amount of times
0: fun mom energy has been quoted on the podcast is- I love, oh, John Mulaney, what a treat. What a, treat, a, what a treat. treat, what a treat. But, but love- very true, the fact that we we do put
1: ourselves in cages, we put ourselves in boxes. Yeah. yeah, we and we, in a lot of cases too, like within that cage, like we bind ourselves to, we, like even that moment of like half their lives, they say goodnight to wives, they'll never know. Like part of that is like, Ooh. I think- Not truly knowing the person you're with because you don't know yourself. But I think you don't get to know the person you're with because they don't know who they are either. Yeah. Right? Like a lot of people and like, I don't know, I'm like at fault for it. You go out with people and you're not really comfortable sharing your full persona or it's someone you think you should be with. So you sacrifice things or you suppress things that matter to you because you're like, I don't know if that fits into this scenario. And like, God forbid they don't like me. But like, I mean, in the words of RuPaul, like- if you, you can't love, love yourself. yourself, how are you going to love I- somebody else? Somebody else. Can I get an amen? If you don't bring value to yourself or you don't think you're a value, like
0: how is someone else going to feel
1: that? Yeah. No one's going to make you feel better about you if you can't sit in a room and like you. Yeah. Like underneath me, my being is a road that disappeared and he's like gone off the grid. He's literally gone off the grid. Gone off the grid. Lake of thing. He didn't have, he didn't have one of these with him, but he, he should have. and these are beer. I must say I'm enjoying it. It's really, okay. Fun fact, fun fact, podcast listeners, this smells delightful. (laughs) I opened it up and was like, Ooh, is it summer? It's tropical. Very glad you brought up this song. Something
0: interesting to me about this song is, so there's two versions on the the track list. You've got (laughs) guaranteed, which was the version that won the Golden Globe, but then there's a humming version, which I thought was interesting. I was like, there's a whole Whole other version, exact same composition, yeah. but it's just hummed the entire humming. time, no lyrics. And Love actually, it. in listening to the album the last couple of weeks, I actually prefer the humming version. And I don't know what it is. I think it's because I'm more entranced by the backing of the guitar than I am the actual lyrics of the song. Like w- yeah. When he's just humming, it kind of just lets my mind wander to the musicality part of it. Yeah. Um, and, and the lyrics by, by no means, like, they're beautiful. You quoted some great ones. They're so well thought out. They're so poetic, but like, I just, I, it, it I struggled with this one because I was like, I can't put my finger on it. Why do I prefer listening to the humming version? Like it makes me feel, it almost makes me feel like I'm in the movie and like Eddie better is like singing the soundtrack to like my own life in that moment. Again, it really took me out of just the movie and Emile Hirsch and, and the Sean Penn of it all. And I was just able to like go for a walk down my street and just listen to this humming version and feel like for a moment, I was
1: the star. I almost like view them nicely back to back because they flow. So like, cause you get a bit of the hum intro. Yes, And then if you didn't know it was a different song, it blends in so quickly. That's a good point. Kind of yeah. like the extension on. And what I love so much about it is very much to the point that you're making is it's so freeing. It's kind of like, you're not bound. You're not bound to the story. It allows you to kind of sit there and reflect. It, it's meditative. Very it's very so. meditative. It gives you that chance to kind of like, yeah, just like take, take the walk into the wild, whatever that is in your own life, confront it and conquer it and like have a moment to be like, where do I want to be? What, how do I want to see myself?
0: I got another one I want to talk about. And that is one of the singles off the record, which plays in, I don't know if you noticed this. I used to work at Staples, big rotation in the retail, in the retail scene, big rotation in the retail scene. And that song is hard Sun." I had no idea that this song was for the movie Into the Wild. I had no idea it was Eddie Vedder. When I was listening to it, when I was a teenager working at Staples. I worked at Staples for almost 4 years. And it's it, it's very like again, it's like if you're if you're just hearing it and you're like shopping, you're going up and down the aisles at like a, at a retailer like Staples or a Walmart, wherever the fuck you are, you're not really listening to it. So, I think when I heard this song come on and I was listening to the record, I was just like, "Holy shit, like this seems like <laughs> No, but I was just, I I, immediately, I was kind of This was me
1: stalking staples and staples. (laughs) Literally.
0: I was like, (laughs) do you need pens? Aisle five. But um, it almost like, it almost bothered me at first because I was kind of just like, oh, this doesn't fit with the rest of the record. But then after watching the film, it appears twice. It appears at the beginning when we, when Chris is first leaving his life. And then it appears right at the end, which we're going to spoil it for the listeners. Pause the podcast. Stop the podcast. (sighs) Carrie, do your thing. Stop
1: the podcast. (laughs)
0: So at the very end of the movie, Chris has landed in Alaska. He'd been there for a while. Um, He's made it through the winter and he's made it through the winter. Um, But he does reach a point where food is becoming, you know, scarcer and scarcer. And uh, he's going a little bit, losing, losing his mind a little bit. He's been alone for a very, very long time in the wilderness in this broken down school bus by himself. Um, The, Obviously there's nobody who can know exactly what caused this, but they think that he ended up eating a plant that was poisonous.
1: Um, and he ends up, which breaks my heart. Cause it's literally like, guys, if you watch the film, Oh my God. He, it it breaks you, but it's like, he has his book of like plants. plants. Yeah. Edible plants. And literally the difference is, is if the stripes are like pair, like perpendicular veins, Lateral veins. It's, lateral veins. Is it like, are the lateral veins the poisonous ones? Yeah. Yeah. So versus like perpendicular. So it's like, he literally, it's identical. And because he's like starving, like he hasn't eaten for days. And what breaks me so much is he he left. He packed up his things. He said goodbye to the wilderness, yeah. but he underestimated the power of nature. And when he came in, in the winter, his crossing was solid. It was ice. So he was able to cross, but he didn't realize- that in the spring and the summer, it becomes like this rapid stream oh, when he that tries he to could cross not cross. Yes. So he was literally forced back without a game plan. And because he was so, he didn't have maps, he was so alone. He didn't understand like terrain. He didn't know like that he probably could have gotten around it. He's so hungry. He's just trying to like go back and eat. Yeah. And apparently that plant, like it it creates essentially like you don't absorb nutrients, you can't eat. And then, so he, he withers away on the screen. It is a heartbreaking end.
0: Well, and then those last moments where, you know, he's, he's in the bus and he, he, he knows like he's accepted the fact that he's <sighs> yeah. been poisoned. Like he, he sees in the book, his mistake, and he just kind of can't do anything except wait for death at that yeah. point. And the last images of the movie are him, you know, staring out the window up at the sun. And when he takes his final breaths, this song starts to play. So it's kind no. of an interesting one because like, it's an upbeat kind of tune. Um, and you know, if you, you probably know the song, if you heard it, but it's like, there's a big, a big heart. Big sun. Sun. Yeah. So it's almost like got this like happy beat to it, but it's, it's, it's rooted in more of, um, like it's rooted in deeper meaning obviously yeah. and so it was it was really cool for me as somebody watching the film and you know like crying at this point to God. also think about how this wasn't a it was a tragic ending for Christopher McCandless, 100%, but it wasn't also a life wasted. And in your life, you're going to go through shit. Like in the lyrics, they say, like, there's a big hard sun beating on the big people in a big hard world. Like, no one is exempt. The sun beats down on us all. Good or bad, you're going to have the days that you wish that things could end quicker, and you're going to have the days that you wish could go on forever. And in this particular story, his life was cut short. I think he was only 24 when he ends up yeah. passing away. He'd been on the road for, or in the wild, sorry, for like a, for like two years. But the, but the song does a good job at like tying that all together. And even though it is yeah. a little bit more jovial at times, or at least upon first listen, it might appear a little bit more jovial. It's still kind of like, but this wasn't, This wasn't lost. This was somebody who actually had the gall to go out and do something that they wanted to do and find themselves. And I think in those
1: last moments, he found himself. Even about like, the big hard sun beating down on people, the inevitability of it. it's also the inevitability of death, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're all going to die. That's the one thing. Like, what is it like? Death and taxes. Death and taxes. I mean, it's tax season, y'all. Hope you get your T4s ready. It's like the one inevitability, right? In life is like, we're all going to die. And it's, and I think to your point, like it starts his journey. It ends his journey. It's a perfect circle, right? Yeah. Like it is yeah. so cyclical, very similar to the sun. She is a circle, circle. of life. Like, circle. I was, I was thinking of that when you were saying it, I was just like, As- but- then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There were two things that I love at those last scenes. So the actual sign, if you're watching the film at home, the actual sign about like, I lived a happy life was actually like McCandless sign. They didn't add anything in, none of the writing. So he actually writes down, happiness is, the, is only real when shared. They took no creative liberties. So those realizations and the sign at the end um, where it's like, I've lived a happy life and like, I leave the world content kind of thing is, is how they found him to, to have lived the life that he lived, to touch the people and have like made such meaningful connections and really experienced a life. Like not many people can say they've done. He lived. He, he, he didn't. He was a better man for it. All right, care. We spent a lot of time talking about the songs
0: on the record. Clearly it is a film that you and I love and appreciate very much. It is a soundtrack that we love. So I have an idea of where you're going to go with the rating of this album. For those of you who might not be listening uh, to the podcast all the time, what we do is we give the album we're talking about a rating out of five of whatever we're drinking. So in this case, thanks to our friends at Lake of Bay's Brewing Company, we're drinking the Off the Grid Hazy Pale Ale. So Carrie, at this moment in time, I'm going to ask you to uh, offer up your final thoughts on the Into the Wild motion picture soundtrack by Eddie Vedder and then rate it out of five Off the Grids.
1: I mean, I've said it so many times. This is a beautiful album, start to finish. It's a gorgeous standalone. Um, I think as a standalone, I rate it lower than I do as a soundtrack. Interesting. Okay. And I think the reason why is, like, I don't rate it like, it's it's not like one- it's not one <laughs> off the grid, like not, not going that crazy, but it's like maybe like a four, three and a half, four normally. Like it's, it's, I love the album. I think it's beautiful. I think it's great. Like there's some songs, like it'd be like, a, nah, I don't feel like this, like, or whatever. Like it's not like my every day, but as a soundtrack, she's a five out of five, baby. She's a five out of five. one hundred percent. And it's, it's entirely because of the story, right? Like I said it in the beginning, once you pair this with the movie, It's like, you cannot, it is, it is perfection. Yeah. It is a narrative. It is a voice in the film, not just like, because it is Eddie Vedder's voice. It is like, I do believe it's a tribute to Chris. And I think it's like, a tribute to his internal monologue and his journey. And I think it's, I don't think they could have done a better job with it.
0: So I'm also going to give it a five spoiler alert. I'm going to start with, <laughs> I'm going to spoil the surprise for the listeners right off the bat. I'm, I'm definitely going with a five. There was no question for, in my mind while we were chatting that I knew I, w- I was going to give it the highest rating possible. Um, it's funny that you said as a standalone, you'd rate it lower because the reason why I'm rating it as a five is because I think it holds up so well as a standalone. I feel like when you're tasked with a soundtrack, it's really easy to get caught up in, I'm writing an album for the sole purpose of this film. I'm writing an album for the sole purpose to supplement a film and the film only. What I think Eddie Vedder did very well is he did make something that was able to stand on its own. Yes, I totally agree with you. In conjunction with the film, holy fucking shitballs. Like it is insane how well the two meld together, but... Then when I was listening to it and I, and I, and I almost like forgot the reason why Eddie Vedder wrote these songs, you know, like for me, yeah. it was just, it was just him singing. It was just him yeah. writing songs for the sake of writing songs. It, was, it wasn't necessarily because Sean Penn called him up and was like, Eddie, buddy, can you do me a solid on this? I don't know how a Sean Penn sounds. I don't know.
1: <laughs> just like, uh, <laughs> he doesn't have an accent. Right. So I'm like, I don't know, if He's American, no, but he's definitely got a lower voice.
0: Betty. it's Sean Penn <laughs> pick, up, pick up the phone I feel like it comes through in this record where he did it because he was passionate about the project and yeah. he, he the songs reflect that so uh it's very easy for a soundtrack to try really 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 hard yes. and this record didn't have to do that it just was this ease of veteran songwriting and his masterful lyricism that just like fit it just worked yes. so for that reason it gets five off the grid hazy pale ales from wa. it's beautiful it's beautiful. God damn it, Eddie Vedder. God, Vedder? <laughs> I hardly know her. <laughs> Carrie, I can't thank you enough. First off, I can't thank you enough for suggesting the perfect album to uh, accompany us on our journey of drinking this amazing beer from Lake of Bays. I also want to extend my sincere thank you to Lake of Bays Brewery for sponsoring this episode and for letting us drink the off the grid hazy pale ale, which is delicious and I highly recommend. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed the episode. And Carrie, thank you for coming back, back to back episodes. I really appreciate it. Anytime. Can't wait to be back. Maybe next. Who knows? Maybe next one.
1: Three <laughs> knows? Let's go for a record. Oh, let's go for a hat trick. See hockey sports. Terms. <laughs> Yay. Sports. <laughs> also cold sports. Topical. Like Alaska. Oh, just drink. Thank you. Like a base. Thank you. Like a base. Cheers. Carrie.